Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. You don't understand. This is a liar. How can you think that I'm her dad, but we both look exactly the same age? We do not look the same age. I was being kind. Wait, I'm going to hypnotize him. I hereby christen this mountain Barbie camper Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Hello. And welcome to this very special, unhinged episode of Pop Goes the Town Town. We've got no notes. We've just had a fit of hysterics. <laughs> and I am joined here by my mum. Good evening and welcome. <laughs> and we are going to talk about the last 90 minutes of the 13th Doctor's era. Before we jump in to this discussion, I just want to take a moment to dedicate this episode to Lance. Hi Lance, thank you for all your support. There's this moment when you're sure you're about to die. Hold on! Where's this death? And then... You're born. What's happened? Change, my dear. Time Lord's up his little trick. It's all the way of cheating death, except it means I'm going to change. So, oh. I am going to put my cards on the table. Go on. And say that I think that was not only the best 13th Doctor episode we've ever seen. Here, here. But also maybe one of the best regeneration episodes. I loved it. I loved it too. Now, let's be honest. We're going to be really honest about this. Our, we we did not have high expectations no, for this we episode. Didn't. We didn't. Not at all. I mean, yeah, and I'll be honest. I actually was dreading it a bit. I, I was, I feel exactly the same way. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to pass over to you because in, you are the Whovian in chief. So let's talk about the beginning of the episode. The beginning didn't catch me, I'm afraid. I was a little bit um, underwhelmed by the beginning. But actually, as it rolled on, I became more and more... It, I was found it much more enjoyable. And I got carried along with the story. And I was surprised at how much I did enjoy it as it went on. And towards the end, I was completely there. I completely agree. It did lose me at the beginning. The first, I'd say, 10 minutes on the train, I was watching and thinking, oh my goodness, this is visually exciting it's visually dynamic but in terms of plot not not really interested empty. yeah empty but it just kicked in to another gear and it kept kicking in to all these other gears and even though there were points where we were saying that's a bit like pandorica and comparing it to, to other episodes from doctor who of the past we still kept with it I would say, though, I think there was a reason. This is the 100th, this is the centenary of the BBC, and this is really a celebration of Doctor Who. So it's an homage, in a way. I wonder if it actually was a homage. It was ticking boxes from previous um, series, previous regenerations, previous stories. And it was clever. It was really clever. I mean, I've got to say, I don't think we have seen this sort of writing from from Chibnall and I think it is such a shame. Isn't it a shame? You know, your 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 last gasp and you can produce that. I would have loved to have seen the timeless 
child storyline wrapped up explained and done with yeah we didn't get that we didn't get that sadly but i think he hit every other beat that that was required yeah definitely yeah because it was it was exciting it was a bit sentimental it was a bit you know retro it was it was great and you had the the cybermen and the daleks it was very good i mean another thing i would say is We've seen the Daleks come back. I understand it's a hundredth, it's a centenary special. We need to have the Daleks there some way. I completely appreciate that, but I just don't think they were used that well. No, but that, that's just a nitpick from my side. And it's like you said, we've seen all this before. You know? Well, I have not seen a good Dalek story in years. That grows across showrunners. Yeah, I've not seen them utilised in the right way in years. I think Into the Dalek from the 12th Doctor era almost got it right. I think Dalek in the 9th Doctor era, I think that was a really interesting Dalek yeah, story. But they're very hit and miss. They're hard to write well, I think. They are. They are. Because they've been around so long, I would imagine that's why it's very difficult to... Hard to get a new angle on them. Yeah. 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 So I think the dialect part of it was a little bit weak, personally. But that is my only complaint with Which this. It's amazing. Because we were not... Go- we went into it with no expectations at all. Yeah. No we expectations. We sit through it and, and that would be that. And it's turned out to be anything but that. It was really, really good. I've not had my expectations confounded like this in a long time no and it's well not in four years no i mean of television in general oh i see it's just joyous to not not know where it's going and just to watch it with no spoil i i didn't engage with any spoilers no so i've just no we didn't so we've just watched this blind live yeah and it's just incredible now let's move on from there okay and I cannot say how impressed I am. You have been saying for months that David Tennant was going to regenerate. Let's pick that up at the end. You did, though. <laughs> you absolutely did. Well, it wasn't just me. There was a lot of speculation. But we'll pick that up at the end. Okay. Okay. So I wanted to move on and talk about the characters that we lost tonight. So thankfully, we didn't actually lose anyone in terms of death. But obviously, we've now got a whole new showrunner, we've got a new doctor, and we'll have new companions. So with that in mind, I thought we would just take some time to talk about Dan and to talk about Yaz. Bit of a daft place to have a door, isn't it? We seem to have a surplus of doors right now. I'm not sure why. So this inside that box. It's bigger on the inside. I can see that. It's called the TARDIS. Personally, I think John Bishop did an incredible job in the Flux series. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, he did. He was a, he was a breath of fresh air, and I didn't. I thought he was going to be rubbish, to be honest. But he wasn't at all. I thought he was going to be good because I'd seen him on Skins, and he was good in that. Oh, I see. I knew he could act. However, I think we didn't get a lot of characterization with Dan. No, it was a shame. He was very lightly written. I would... Most of it you kind of made up yourself. Yeah, I I would agree. But it was John Bishop brought so much to that role. Yeah, he did. It was incredible. He did such a great job. Now, I am going to add a however into this. And it's going to be, I think that we should have lost Dan 
at the end of the Flux story arc. I really would have liked him to have been one of those companions like Bill Potts, who literally was just around for a season. Yeah. Because it's a one and done, and his story felt really complete. He Mm. definitely felt like a spare part in the um, New Year's Day special. He felt like a spare part in the Easter special. And it kind that kind of then lowers the tone of the whole show. Because if you're thinking to yourself, oh, you know, he's just there for filling. Yeah. What's he going to do? Well, he's not going to do anything. No. And really, all he actually did in the New Year's special was get Yaz to admit her feelings about the Doctor, which was a big step. But I'm pretty sure you could have had any person, random person of the that week's episode guest star, to mm. do that. It didn't need to be him. No. The fact that he was gone, I don't know what time he went. It felt like he was gone in five minutes and had nothing more to do with the plot. Spoke volumes about the fact that this was a character that we never really needed and that was really underused. Yeah, it was so pointless. What was the point, really? I mean, I think it was more of a mystery plot. We didn't know when, you know, there was a lot of speculation. Was he a Time Lord? Was he an alien when he first turned up? Because he didn't seem to have any sort of backstory. His house was in a state of disrepair. Mm. Well, his house was just in a state of disrepair. And his backstory was, you know, what it was. And it was really to bring the Carvinista, who was a great, I thought, very interesting character. I would have liked to have seen the Carvinista return. Mm. But sadly, we didn't see that. We did not. I mean, ideally, I would have liked to have seen Dan and the Carvinista go off. Dan and the Carvinista have adventures together. Dan and the Panda. Dan the Panda. <laughs> That's the Flight of the Concords reference for anyone who's interested. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been short, slightly baffling. Goodbye, Dan Lewis. So everything we saw, everything we've lied to people about, is this normal for you? Let's move on to Yasmin Khan or PC Yasmin Khan who has now joined the ranks of companions such as Jamie McCrimmon, Amy Pond, Clara Oswald and Sarah Jane Smith as one of the longest reigning companions. Now I would say that Yaz's tenure aboard the TARDIS has been patchy. Now, Now you know I love a crowded TARDIS but I don't like it too crowded. So for me, the ideal sort of numbers within a TARDIS is one Doctor, two companions. Three is a crowd. Three is a crowd. We saw this with the fifth Doctor's era. Oh God, yes. And we saw it again with this this era where there are too many companions and there's not enough focus. No, and there's not enough dialogue or story plots or... Or development. No, no. uh, Look at... um... Poor Ryan. I mean, really. Yeah. I mean, I think Ryan was the most underdeveloped. Yeah, of... just like a pillar most of the time, holding the wall up. Well, I mean, he was a beautiful pillar. Oh, God, yeah. I absolutely and love... I think that's more of a shame, actually, that, that you know, he was an attractive man and he wasn't used at all. Look, listen to me. I love the pillow that is Ryan. I could look at that pillow's face all day long. Or night long. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah for me 
I think it's sad that in the last gasp, in these last series, not even that really. I mean, I would say, again, Flux, I think, is now going to be my favourite era of the 13th Doctor because it was the most coherent era. Yeah. It gave us the most beats in terms of character development. Storylines. Yaz was the beating heart of that whole run. Yeah. Yeah. She was that whole run. She never gave up on the Doctor. She always kept going for the Doctor. I absolutely respected her and I was interested in her. And I did back in when we were watching Flux, I did say to you, I think she has romantic feelings for the Doctor. And I felt all the way along that she was in love with her. Mm. Now, let's be honest. We've talked about this before. And I think a lot of the companions do. They do fall in love with the Doctor because with our, you know, minimal experience as human beings, meeting someone like the Doctor, spending time with them, you would you would think this is love. The way I'm feeling about this person, it must be love. Well, it's yeah, because you're so impressed and overawed, and and it's your your feelings probably get totally. And also, being in that TARDIS probably doesn't help. You're never going to meet anyone like this again. No, not at all. You know, yeah. No, it confounds all the, uh, all the possibilities, doesn't it? It's the best day ever. Let's be real. It's the best day ever. I can take you anywhere, anytime, anyplace. Exactly, exactly. And the fun times don't have to end until they do. Hmm. So I have to say, in this episode, I think Mandit Gill was incredible. She excelled herself. Yet again, she was the heart of this episode. And it proves what you said all the way through, which is if they'd given her something to chew on, yeah, you could have seen what, what, what a good little actress she is. And she was great tonight. Let me say this. I am a man dip girl. I'm evangelical about her. I remember the days when she played Phoebe McQueen on Hollyoaks and she was amazing then on Hollyoaks. <laughs> she is a good actress. She yeah. is a solid actress. Give her something to do and she gets her teeth into it the sad thing is she just didn't have enough to do however tonight she did Mm. and she rose to it much better would episodes have been if they'd given her an opportunity to to take more of a part to be pivotal in the storylines rather than just you know a bystander essentially which is what she was a lot of the time well let's be real what the this TARDIS suffered with in the 11th series and 12th series where you had Graham, Ryan and Yaz in the TARDIS was at different points a pair of them usually Ryan or Graham or sometimes Yaz and Ryan or sometimes Yaz and Graham would just stand to one side and watch Mm. and that to me was a waste of talented actors because there was too many of them in there you know, yeah, I mean, it, it, they they weren't lending anything to the story, and, and in fact, I'd say they detracted because you sort of noticed that they were there, sort of doing nothing. Exactly, I would completely which agree. Which is quite a negative way of looking at it, but that's how I see it. Yeah, I completely agree. But tonight, she just—I knew she was this good the whole time along. You totally believed that that was Yaz. Hundred percent. 
Now I have to say, we talked about this last week, I am so glad that she did not die, you know, because she didn't deserve to die, firstly. No. But, and it would have meant absolutely nothing to the story if she had died. Yeah. So I'm so glad that Yaz survived and that she appeared to be thriving. And she's available to come back. Now, let's talk about some people who did return. (laughs) So obviously, we knew that we were getting Ace back. We knew that we were getting Tegan back, okay? What we didn't expect was all the other companions. Let's, we had Joe, Joe Grant, one of our personal favourites. If you're talking about people who are in love with the Doctor... She's number one. She's number one. Okay. We also had Ian Chester turn back. Yay. So cool. Brilliant to have him back. I love that line where he was like, the Doctor's a, you know... Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Um, We also got Mel Bush back. Yay. I love Bonnie Langford. She can do no wrong in my book. She's a triple threat. She can sing. She can dance. She can act. Doctor Who just wasted her talent. Oh, it's another one. It was just wasted. Exactly. We need a show where Yaz and Mel become good friends and they start up some boutique, bougie, you know, internet slash private investigation business. That would be so cool. Exactly. I'd watch that. I would watch it too. Let's get on it. (laughs) <laughs> who else did we have back bradley. I'm, we had bradley so bradley uh, bradley not bradley graham <laughs> but I, there's one thing i i i wish one person i wish had been there yeah at that um aa meeting for companions um, and that was bill potts i would have loved that however we know that she's now running around with her girlfriend who's a sentient puddle so <laughs> I, I still think it would have been nice. I agree. I agree. But I think Bill's got the whole of the universe to play with and she might just lose track of the AA meetings. Yeah, definitely. Do you know who I would have loved to have seen in the room? No. Martha Jones. <gasps> yes. Oh, wouldn't that have been amazing? Martha Jones just sat in there. Yeah. Chatting. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen it. I am beyond happy that they did not kill Ace. Oh, wow. Because I, I absolutely, I said to you, when they, she was going into the Bolivian volcano, I said, oh no, I think they're going to kill kill Ace. And I held your hand, we held hands. Yeah. But then Graham turned up and I and was, was like, like, they'll never kill they'll Bradley never. Walsh. <laughs> She's not going to die. And we went, hooray! <laughs> Some reason as to why Graham was running around inside a Bolivian we, volcano. Well, but. Well, we do know because he did that like side hustle with Ryan where they yeah. went and t- but anyway he was there they had their nitro and they were blowing stuff up love that for them hello pepper pot <laughs> the other thing that we need to talk about is the fact that we finally got some doctors back yes we did we did we got number five we got number six we got my favorite number seven and we got number eight i love the fact oh what about number one oh yeah yeah i mean i don't really count him as number one but no, neither do I. you know okay actually the spirit of number one we got the spirit of number one back it was such a nice touch 
It was, and it was deftly done. I thought it blew me away. Yeah, I was quite speechless, and it made me cry it a little me. bit. Yeah, I welled up too. <laughs> oh no! I also got really tearful with all the companions. I, was like, I did too. I was. I found it. It was just wonderful. It was so rewarding for people who have stuck with Doctor Who. Yeah, I mean, it hit. This was an episode I think that was for the fans. This is my problem. In many ways, this is what the 50th should have been, you know, because I think there are two celebrations that need to be marked in Doctor Who. And the okay. first one is the 50, you know, the 50, the 60, the, the 70 years. But the other thing I think they need to start marking is also when the revival started. Yeah. And I, I feel like that 50th was really... A celebration of the revival. Mm. Okay? Yeah, not the whole deal. No, no. I mean, you did have Tom Baker at the end. But for me, this is what the 60th should hopefully be. And it's what the 50th should have been. Definitely, yeah. It would have been really nice. Yeah. And I mean, if they did start marking the anniversaries of the revival, it would just mean we got more Mm. episodes. Mm. We need. We do need we them. We do. We need to talk about the master. That was so lame. I'm going to be brutally honest. I thought it was lame when when it you know oh come on. You said to me you know it's going to be the master, don't you? When it was Rasputin, yeah. yeah. And I thought yeah, obviously. But the worst bit was when they did Boney M. Well, that just felt TikTok. Somebody was, had been watching TikTok. It was cringy i'm sorry it was a waste of time as well Mm. it felt like filler get a bit more you know story or background or whatever's gonna just do something and they didn't really explain why all that stuff was going on in 1916 No, just to be in the winter palace what you could have gone there at any point though couldn't you really i mean i just wonder if i wonder if some of it was a nod towards sasha dewan's role in the great well that's stupid (laughs) say it like it is sister (laughs) but yeah i just felt like we spent way too much time with the master oh my god and when he played the second doctor's recorder what did you say how dare you exactly how dare you how dare you how dare you Get off that recorder. Get away from the woodwind. It was a shame that we spent so much time with this master that I still don't really feel I ever got to grips with. No. I don't know who he was. I don't know what his plans were. And It's very confusing tonight. Yeah. I mean, it just compounded the confusion for me. I kind of wondered if he'd done all that stuff. Because when they went to the volcano you know uh, where he was giving the talk mm. i thought is it is he trying to save her and you know is this what this is no some sort of plan okay no, there's nothing that that wasn't predictable with him no with yeah. him all of the beats were exactly what you thought they would be and it would have been lovely if that had turned on its end yeah because the whole thing is the only unpredictable thing we ever had with this master was the reveal of who he was, mm. okay? But 
after that, it just became really predictable. Mm. And he was underused and he'd turn up and he'd just do these crazy things. Now, we know the master is crazy, but it's not this crazy. No, no, not at all. I mean, there's sort of narcissistic insanity, which is what the, the master suffers from. But this is just... Let's be honest, the master always grossly overestimates their capabilities. There's not a single plan, really, that they've ever been ex able to execute well, you know? Yeah, and that's the fun of the master, is that he, he's, the master of his, he's the master of his own downfall because he's so cocky and arrogant. And... Well, you say that, but also the master is the type of character that could fall into an empty bin and come out with crap on them. <laughs> And the bin was empty. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's just a little residual bit in the lid. No, there was nothing there. Oh, right. It was empty. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just... Oh, dear. And I think that's, the, that's one of the reasons why the master's lasted, because he's so hopeless. It's the only sad thing. I want to know what happens next. Jodie throughout this episode got better and better as it went on because I think she's been badly served all the way through but in this episode towards the end the last sort of quarter of it you could see that she she can actually act and I was quite convinced because there wasn't all that you know manic shrieking and it, she was just acting and I enjoyed it I have always felt that her strength, Jodie's strength, lay in the quieter moments. Yeah. And it just showed again tonight. Oh, didn't it ever? Jodie's strength is in those quieter moments. Those deep more, moments. yeah, the more realistic fe feelings, as you said, those deep moments. All I could think was, I want to spend more time with you like this. Isn't it a shame? Yeah, it is a shame. I didn't really warm up to her tonight was the only time i actually ever really believed she was the doctor mm. no i i think you've got something there i do agree i think a lot of that though for me is rooted in the writing the stories that she was and given the direction and the direction yeah the package was never fully there for her no it wasn't you know i mean in many ways it's sort of like turning up to work and finding out you don't have a desk, you haven't got a laptop, you know, you haven't got any of the tools that you need to do a really, really good job. So what are you supposed to do? Exactly. And I think that Jodie made the best that she could make from this doctor. Tonight we got a glimpse of what could have been. A fully formed doctor. Yeah. And I just think it's, very sad but at least she went out on a high if this had been the adventure with the sea devils that we had back in easter and she had left on that one i think all we could actually say was how baffling an era this had been how confused how underused and i don't think if people put their hands on their hearts they would say the 13th doctor was their favorite however 
I don't think that's going to be the case. Because I think if you line up her best episodes, she's actually a really solid Doctor when given the right material. So true. The 13th Doctor is no longer with us. The Queen is dead. Long live the King. And let's just talk about, you raised it earlier, I always knew it was going to be David Tennant. I just, the minute those photos of the 60th was linked, I thought, well, there's no way it can't be. People were saying, oh, it's going to be the master. It's not going to be the master. The master would never run around with Donna. Let's be real. (laughs) You know, that's never going to happen. I've got to be honest. This was the first time it's got to be in 60, well, in 59 years. Where we did not know who we were going to get. That's true. We didn't know if it was going to be David Tennant or if it was going to be Shuti Gatwa. No. And it was really interesting as a result. I think if they take anything away from this, it needs to be, maybe don't tell us who's taken over. Let it be a surprise. A surprise. Because I got tingles when I saw it was David Tennant. I know you said it was going to be and I thought, yeah, it's going to be. But I still got the tingles when I saw it. When I saw the suit coming out through the regeneration energy, I thought, oh my God, she's right again. It's a different suit, though. It is a different suit. So, I mean, I like that suit better than the one he had before. It looked better. It did. I mean, he's now going to have to go up the rankings on the best dressed. Yeah. He could maybe get into number five. I can't remember where he positioned him. His hair looked nice as well. Oh, yeah. Fine, he doesn't look like a cockerel. It's... (laughs) Anyway, we're not talking about David Tennant. I was even looking forward to... When they said there was a trailer, I was dying to see it. It's the first time I've looked Ever. forward to a trailer in a long time. Four years. Well, not not four years, but for a while. <laughs> four years for me. So, we also saw Shuti Gatwa at the end. <gasps> yeah. And this is just... I kind of felt they planted the seeds for this potential re-regeneration all the way back in the 50th when we saw Tom Baker, when he was the curator. Yeah. And really, he was the doctor. Let's let's be fair. He was the doctor. So they planted the seeds for this way back then. And this is what it's bloomed. Now, let's put a caveat on this. We both remember when... The 11th Doctor called the 12th Doctor. And what a misstep we both felt oh, that was. Oh, wasn't it ever? You know, the fact that it didn't feel that Stephen Moffat had confidence and had to reassure the audience it's still the Doctor. And it was a real misstep because I think it gave people the, the wrong idea. I don't think Series 8 recovered from it. No, I don't either. And I have to say, I am concerned. I'm concerned. I have I have no doubt that Russell T. Davis will be able to pull this off. But I am concerned. Because there's that same feel that no one. And I am concerned that there will be some kind of audience separation anxiety when inevitably David Tennant regenerates into Shuti Gatwa. Because the 10th Doctor is such an iconic Doctor. He's beloved. He's beloved. Going back to... Uh, Matt Smith and Capaldi. Yeah. I wonder, this is what I feel. I mean, I'm probably completely wrong. However, I wonder if the, and David Tennant coming in as the regeneration, mm-hmm. 
is a buffer between Jody and Shooty because I think that well they're going to the need lack to... of confidence that's come across from her. Mm. I think that that Russell T Davis thought he needed a strong start. Well, they're going to need to do something bloody spectacular to pull people back around to this, to make it a zeitgeist conversation. Because I want to say, when when the 13th Doctor's tenure first began, people came up to me in the office that I was working with. They knew I liked Doctor Who, they knew about my Doctor Who blog, and they were talking to me about, like, what did I think of her first episodes? People who had stopped watching it after the 10th Doctor after the David Tennant regeneration, we're suddenly watching it again. Exactly the same with me. People who who left because Tennant left. Came back. Yeah. Taken a whole different direction. Mm. It was fresh, it was new, and it was a name that a lot of people had heard of. Yes, yes. If you were a Broadchurch fan, I'm sure hearing that Jodie was going to be the next Doctor Mm. would have given you a reason to tune in. But all that momentum was wasted. Yeah. I think you're completely spot on with what you've just said. I think that it's building in, building back, so that Shooty's got something to it's inherit. Yeah. yeah. But again, my caveats remain. I am concerned. It could be a misstep. We'll just leave it there. We'll leave it there. Because I don't think that Russell T. Davis makes missteps. No. I think occasionally he does. But in terms of Doctor Who, in terms of writing and the direction of the show... I think it's been pretty flawless. Absolutely. And he, now he's had more time away from it to think about the future. Jodie, Mandip, Bradley, Tossin, John, you're all welcome. Please come back. I really want to see Jodie in the 60th. I want to see oh, her in I the 60th. Too. Yeah. Okay. So, final thoughts. Thoroughly enjoyed it. So surprised. Quick moved in places. Yeah, I loved it. I completely agree. This this was the first 15 minutes were not great. And then the rest of it was some of the best telly I've seen in years. Uh, yeah, it was brilliant. This was not the series finale of Game of Thrones. Oh, that's the... for sure. Gee, right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, if you haven't seen the episode... I mean, why are you listening to this if you haven't seen the episode? Because we spoiled it for you completely. Yeah, if you've got this far, why are you still listening? Go and watch the episode. Try to be surprised. We're going to watch it again, aren't we? We are going to watch it again. And I'm going to say this. We're also going to get it on DVD. We are. We are. We're going to get it on DVD. (laughs) So. Thanks for listening. (laughs) No. First of all, I want to say thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you for coming over and being involved in this. It was great. (laughs) You are, of course, allowed to stay the night. (laughs) I'm not going to kick you out into the cold. Because it's raining. (laughs) And thank you to everyone who's listening. Thank you to all the listeners. (laughs) 